0: You're listening to Shop Talk with Misty Cordes, a podcast that delivers actionable content, business hacks, and behind the scenes marketing secrets for ambitious entrepreneurs who want to create a business that makes an impact and gives them the freedom, flexibility, and control they dream about. All right. So, hello and welcome to Shop Talk. This is Misty Cordes, your host. And today I have a good friend of mine on with me, Scott Hartley. And he is going to give us the scoop on how you can grow your business with email marketing. Now, obviously, email marketing has been around for a long time, but there's been some challenges that have kind of come up in recent times. So we're going to talk about that today. So, Scott, I am so excited to have you on today.
1: Hey, Misty, I'm glad to be here. Really excited to share with your audience and just have another conversation with you.
0: Awesome. So, you know, we've run in the same circles for years now. You know, we're both helping clients with their, you know, to grow their business. And, you know, recently Scott reached out to me and he asked me, he said, hey, I wrote a new book, which I'm excited about. And he said, could you read it and give me your feedback and maybe give me a review? And I'll tell you guys, it was amazing. So it's called Hit the Inbox, How to Avoid the Spam Folder and Grow Your Business with Email Marketing. So this is a hot topic, right? It's huge. Um, entrepreneurs everywhere and, and business owners are just talking about how how increasingly difficult it's been to get into the inbox these days, right? And I think if anyone has uh, done email marketing over the last few years, you're probably noticing a change here. So today, Scott is going to be sharing some secrets that will give you what he calls uh, an unfair advantage to, um, over your competition so that you can, so that your clients, your prospects are actually seeing your message. So Scott, before we dive in today, uh, give us a little bit of background about yourself.
1: Sure. So, I've been in the world of marketing for I would say at least the past, you know, 15 years or so. Um I had a first company that I had started and of course I didn't know what I didn't know, but I quickly learned that I needed to know marketing. And so one of the things that I started with was was email marketing and just really kind of diving into that. Um like you mentioned, there's been tons of changes over the years uh with getting emails delivered and all of the different things that the mailbox providers are looking for. Um, But that has really grown into my passion is helping small business owners succeed because we don't have the unlimited coffers like the big corporations and the companies. And we have to be smart with what we're doing. And so by being able to give back to the community that I've been a part of for so long, um, it's just so rewarding and, and thrilling for me to do that.
0: Yeah. So you know what? I I wasn't going to ask you this, but now I have to because it, it's kind of opened it up is, you know, people ask all the time, is email marketing dead? What do you think about that?
1: It is not. It is. <laughs> it's more difficult. I mean, there are days that I go to the post office and I have nothing in my PO box, you know, yep. um, and every day I'm getting hundreds of emails showing up in my inbox. So it's a much more crowded marketplace, but that doesn't mean that there's not the ability to make profits or be seen by your audience in the the inbox.
0: Absolutely. So in your book, you say this, you say email is not a guaranteed service. So what do you mean by that?
1: So we all have become so reliant on technology being 100%. We send a text message, we make a phone call, we leave a voicemail, we send an email, we expect the other person to get it. And we expect technology to work flawlessly, but we know in real life, it doesn't. And email is the same way. So just because you click send, doesn't mean that the person on the other end is actually gonna get it. And so there's a lot of different reasons why that may happen, but just understand, Like, just because you do something doesn't mean that the other person's actually going to get it.
0: Yeah. And I think that's a good point because, you know, you and I, we have a certain software that we use. Um, Mm -hmm. I I often talk with my clients and we use it in our own business. I recommend it to our clients that they use Keep. It's a CRM, sales and marketing software, right? Mm -hmm. But, you know, we're not talking just about Keep, though. I mean, it's any CRM, right? That this philosophy holds true to because... Um, you know, I think when we when we invest in a software, like you said, and we do press send, like we expect that we hold that software company accountable to delivering our email. Yeah. But but it, there's actually responsibility on our part as the business owner, as the entrepreneur, as the marketer, whatever title you take on.
1: Right? Yeah. And, and the bad news is I hate to be the, the bearer of bad news, but 80 to 90 percent of the responsibility falls on us as the business owner, very little of it has to do with the software that you're using, whether it's Keep, ActiveCampaign, MailChimp, whatever that you want to use. They hold a very, very, very minuscule amount of control over the emails that you send. Like 80 to 90% of it, it's on you.
0: And there's some things that we can do, which you're going to be sharing with us so that we can set ourselves up for success.
1: So yep, we'll we'll
0: talk about that in a minute. But you know, um, I hear this all the time. You know, clients will say to me, Misty, I don't want to spam my list. Right. So yep. they actually have it's funny because they'll hire us to help grow their email marketing list. <laughs> so here we are growing the list, and then they don't want to talk to them. Right. <laughs> you know? So like. You and I know this, but, you know, how does that affect their email marketing list if they're not if they're not communicating with their list? What what happens there?
1: Well, think about it as a, a, a human relationship. I mean, your list really needs to be a relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, if you've got your friends, your best friends, your spouse, how often do you talk to them? Once every six months? <laughs> like, no, you know, you, you have regular communications with them. They may be short and sweet. You know, it might be a simple text message. It might be a five-minute phone call, but you're regularly communicating with them. And I, I don't know what it is, but we have this different mindset about our email list. Like, oh, we're we're going to offend them if we show up in their inbox, or they're going to hate us for showing up in their inbox. And, it, and it's just not true because... If you're building your list the right way, they want to hear from you. Like that's what they signed up for, right? You know, now part of that is that, you know, you want to make sure you're setting the right expectations. When somebody opts into your list for a lead magnet, you know, let and they get to the end of that series, let them know, like, hey, I'm going to be communicating with you every week. And if you don't want to hear from me, fine, uh, feel free to just let me know and I'll take you off my list but set those expectations. But it's really important that you're regularly communicating with your list. And I recommend a minimum of once a week for most small businesses. Ideally, more frequently than that, but at least once a week. Because think about it this way. So a big portion of hitting the inbox revolves around engagement. Mm -hmm. So if you send one email every 30 days, How many times does a person have the opportunity to engage with you? Yep. Once, right? If they do nothing with that email, their engagement rate is a big fat zero. Yep. Right? But if you send two emails or if you send four emails, your engagement percentage goes way up. Even with just two emails, if they open and engage with one, you have a 50% engagement rate. That's huge. You know, Google, Microsoft, and Yahoo look heavily at that. So the more frequently, give them more opportunities to engage with you. And that's going to help your entire list, not just that one individual person. But I go back, think of it as a relationship, not, you know, it may be a sales email that you're sending, but what's the relationship that you want to have with the people on your list?
0: Absolutely. So when you talk about engagement, can can you give us a couple little tips that they can apply to their emails itself? Because obviously opening an email is one level of engagement. Yeah. What else is engagement, though? What else can they do?
1: Yeah. So open rates, you know, everybody looks at open rates. I don't care what platform that you use. Like the number one metric is like, oh, how many people open my email? Well, with the changes in technology, especially like Apple, you know, iOS 14 and beyond those changes that can really skew the numbers on opens. Right. So um, there are a lot of things that people can do to really engage with your emails, obviously opening it. Really, the best metric is getting them to click a link. Mm -hmm. So if you if you're writing a blog, put a teaser in the email and then have the full blog post on your website so that they need to click it and they can read the entire blog post. That's um, a good
0: one. I got to stop you there because I'll tell you a lot of clients they want to take their entire blog and put it in yeah. that email.
1: Where <laughs> And there's two schools definitely- of thought around that, yeah. but you know, like, you know, give them a reason to go to your website because ultimately that's where you want them to go anyway. That's everything about you. But you know, it, clicking is a very important metric and that really shows engagement, um, but other things. Um, so when you have a lead magnet that people are opting in for, all right? You have a thank you page that they go to after they fill out that form. 99% of the time, your email is probably going to land somewhere other than the inbox, especially if you're just getting started with your email marketing. So on that thank you page, you wanna give them instructions. Hey, go find my email. Look in the junk or spam folder, look in your promotions folder, look in your updates folder and drag it to the inbox. There you go. Now that's an engagement metric as well because Google, Microsoft and Yahoo, they're like, oh, we placed this email here they want to see it here. Ooh, that means that they want to see it. Those are just a couple of, of quick tips on improving engagement with your list.
0: I love that. That And that second one's a really good tip as well. So yeah, for sure. Okay, so client goes, I get it. I need to email my list, right? But it seems like every time I email them, I'm going into promotions tab.
1: So let's <laughs> tackle that.
0: Because <laughs> I get that oh question my gosh. all the time.
1: It- I I run out of fingers and toes to count the number of times when I'm talking about emails going to the inbox that people don't bring up, like, but they always go to the promotions tab. The promotions tab is killing me. It's not. It, It really is not. Studies have shown two things. One, that conversion rates of emails that land in promotions versus the ones that land in your primary inbox. Now this applies predominantly to like Gmail or Google workspace users, okay? Microsoft, you don't really have to worry about this. So the Gmail promotions tab, if it lands in the promotions tab versus the primary tab, conversion rate is only on average 3% less.
0: Yeah.
1: Like very, very minuscule, right? Yep. Now here's the thing. Other statistics show that very few people have the promotions tab actually enabled on their Gmail because they oh. want to see all of their email. They don't want to be clicking on a bunch of different tabs. And so the, the average result is like, realistically, it's going to be less than one half of a percentage point that it's going to affect your engagement rate. So yeah, the promotions tab, like, don't worry about it. <laughs>
0: I've done that. I remember, I don't remember how long ago it's been now when they introduced the promotions tab. Like they said, hey, do you want to update your account? And I'm like, sure. And then all of a sudden we had all these tabs, right? I immediately deleted them all because I'm like, I'm not rummaging through four different tabs to find my emails.
1: Exactly. So yeah, yeah,
0: I wouldn't be surprised if they got rid of that eventually.
1: I don't know. And and here's here's the thing. So there's somebody out there in the email deliverability space that offers this. $10,000 service of avoid the promo tab. Mm
0: -hmm. I don't know
1: exactly what he's doing. It's a code or something, but why would you spend $10,000 on something that's probably only going to get you in trouble with Google later on down the road? But then ironically... The email promoting that particular service, when he sent that to me, it landed in my promotions tab. Oh, Lord. <laughs> so I don't know if he didn't use it on that email or if it just flat out doesn't work, but I am not convinced to spend $10,000 for, for something like that. But just looking at the numbers, like it, it's really not worth trying to, to, to do anything about the promotions tab.
0: I agree. I totally agree. <laughs> Okay. So let's talk about a few things that, you know, they can do to set themselves up for success, you know, because I know there's some things that happen actually behind the scenes that need mm-hmm. to take place that you talk about a lot. So yeah. if you want to share those.
1: Sure. So, you know, number one is send more emails. All right. You've got to send more emails. However, don't just stop listening right now and go send <laughs> send a bunch of emails. All right you need to really understand the makeup of your list because it's made up of two two groups of people. Mm-hmm. You've got assets and you've got liabilities. Mm-hmm. And I will venture to say that the more that you're emailing your list right now, that you're actually damaging your reputation and making it more difficult for your emails to actually go to the inbox. So if you stop listening right now and you just go start sending out a bunch of emails the rest of this year you're going to be really hurting yourself so yes you need to send more emails but you need to look at your list who's engaging who's not engaging the people who are not engaging with your emails stop emailing them if they haven't engaged in 90 days or more cut cut the losses you know yeah. van wilder the movie you know sometimes you have to cut your losses and move on right Yep. That's what you have to do. And it's so hard as small business owners like, <laughs> but they might buy something from me next year. They're, they might, but they'll need to come back into your list. Don't damage your reputation and your ability to get emails to people who want to hear from you by trying to reach the ones who don't want to hear from you. Yep. So cut cut your losses. Secondly, segment your list. The more targeted communication that you can have, the better. So, a colleague and I, we analyzed uh, 218 wineries who sent 230 million emails over a 24 month period. All right. Mm -hmm. And what we discovered is most of them were blasting their entire list with emails and they're not getting, they're getting less than a 3% open rate and less than 1% click through rate, which for a winery is horrible. If they segmented their list and sent targeted communications, Using real-time numbers, we estimated that they can make a single winery can make an extra thirty-four thousand four hundred and twenty-five dollars, all the way to more than a hundred thousand dollars a year, just by segmenting their list and doing a few other things with their their email practices.
0: Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah, well, it's true because we have clients say it all the time. We'll, you know, we'll be putting together a campaign for them, and then. We ask them, okay, so who do you want to include in this campaign, you know, yeah. strategy? And they always want to dump their entire list in there. And yeah. you know, realistically, you're not actually supposed to do that, right? <laughs> right. Because you didn't get permission to do that. But yeah. that's a whole other conversation. But aside from that, I love what you're saying here. You know, targeted, you know, segmentation is going to actually get you better results than just dumping everybody in there.
1: Yeah. So like in the case of this winery, you know, why would you send red wine offers to people who only like white wine? Right. They're not going to buy. So why annoying them by showing up? And that's part of the reason why I think a lot of people, you know, it's like, oh, I don't want to send more emails. That's because you don't have targeted messaging because you are going to tick off some people because you're presenting them with something that they're not interested in. But if you're... you're, Yeah, okay. if you're hitting them with like, oh my goodness, like I, I this is wow, they didn't know I was having this conversation the other day. They're so happy that you show up because now you're in tune with what they're really wanting from you.
0: Yes, so you'll get less unsubscribes, you'll yep. get less people complaining when you email them, and you'll get people that are more receptive. Your numbers will be more encouraging because you're targeting the right individuals. That Absolutely, totally
1: makes sense. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so another thing that is really important um, is, and, and this is always kind of funny, you know, anybody and everybody can send emails, right? Mm-hmm. It does. I mean, you could start up a business today and you could start sending emails this afternoon, but it, it's akin to going out and driving, getting a car and just starting to drive on the road without going to get your driver's license, without going to get insurance and mm-hmm. without having registration plates for your car, Right. Right. So it's the same way. There's the email marketing highway, and there's a lot of business owners. In my research late last year, 92% of small business owners are driving illegally on the email marketing highway. I love that. All right. They're they're driving illegally. And, (laughs) and And the thing is, is that you know you're gonna get by with it for a time, but eventually Google, Microsoft, and Yahoo. They're going to bring the hammer down on you. You're going to get pulled over
0: and your email,
1: (laughs) let me put it this way. Your email is going to get pulled over and it's going to go to email jail, which is also known as junk or spam, right? Ah, Because they're not going to deliver it because you don't have your authentication set up properly. Now, this is a very technical subject. It's way deeper than what we can go into, you know, in this short call but there are three records that everybody needs to have properly configured on their domain to legally send emails and in order for them to get delivered. It's a DKIM record, SPF record, and a DMARC record. So there's those three records. Now, that's a pretty technical thing. Don't just trust your web developer to set those up. Don't trust the IT person to set those up because in my experience, even coming from an IT background, many of those individuals don't understand how to properly set those up mm-hmm. and if you have improperly configured ones that can almost be worse than having them not configured at all oh, right
0: shoot. yeah
1: so you want to make sure that you get somebody who's really knowledgeable about setting up the dkim the dmarc and the spf records so that now when you send emails google microsoft and yahoo say oh I know this person, they're legit and we're going to get their emails delivered the way they want them to.
0: Awesome. And so do you cover this in your book?
1: It is covered in the book. Yes.
0: Awesome. Perfect. I just wanted to kind of mention that because it is a very technical conversation. And I know, you know, you know me, I I know how to leverage software, but I'm more of Mm -hmm. a strategist. I say this all the time. Most people think I'm a keep expert or a software expert or technology expert. And to be honest with you, that's not really my thing. I know how to leverage them to get what I want. You know, I'm more of a strategist, but I have an amazing team behind me that's really good at the technology side of it. But when I heard about DKIM and SPF records, I was like, oh my goodness, like it, it's opening up a can of worms. I don't want to be a part of, you know what I mean? Yep. But I, you know, it, I know that through your guidance, like that they'll be able to walk through those steps. So yeah. that's awesome. Yeah.
1: And I don't, in the book, I don't teach you exactly how to set those up because again, Got it's it. it's individualized. Um, ah. So like, even for you, um, you know, whatever you became aware of the need for those records. You said, Hey, Scott, can you set those up? And I set yeah. those up for you. Um, but I, in the book, I do explain like why they're important, how they actually function. And I give you like examples of what legit ones look like so that you're yeah. not uninformed, but actually setting them up is like a book in itself. You know, got it,
0: got yeah. it. Okay. Well that, no, that's good to know. Any other tips that you have like last minute?
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, really just kind of like making sure that you're staying on top of your list um, and keeping it clean. That's really, really important. Um, In addition to, you know, engagement is number one. Like that, if you make nothing, no other changes, like monitoring your engagement and pruning your list um, of those who aren't engaging, that's going to help. I recently had a client that I worked with on email deliverability and um, we started pruning his list. And his email health score jumped from 530 to 912. Wow. And shortly thereafter, he got an 87.5% open rate on his emails when it was less than 20% before. That's and so,
0: crazy. What yeah, is it? And that's with,
1: in a 30-day period.
0: That's a huge number. Just so you know, what would you th- what do you think if if you had to guess the average open like open rate on an email is? The average see?
1: open. Right on an email, depending on what type it is and, and things like that, it's usually anywhere from about 12
0: to 20%. Yes, that's what we've seen. Yeah, yeah. I, like I'm high fiving, you know, clients <laughs> that are getting 35 and 40%, 85%, you said that's yeah, 85%.
1: That's awesome. and, and you know, it's one of those things where when you start making these little changes, it can drastically affect your business in a positive way. Like, you know, it's no other, and it it doesn't take long. Like for this client, it was like literally 30 days that his score almost doubled and he got this better open rate. Now, is that going to require some maintenance and monitoring? Sure, because things can dip, you know, over time. And you want to make sure that you're keeping your list clean. So, um, you know, you want to look at, you know, are these legit opt-ins? you know, protecting your web forms from spam bots. Um, Those are really, really bad. And kind of going back to that engagement thing. So building relationships with your list. One piece of that is knowing when people change their email addresses. Mm. So if you are business to business, okay, um, people change jobs all the time. And so you may be emailing Sally, Sally, at XYZ company and she retires or she moves on to a different job and so that email address is no longer being used right yep. or maybe you are B2C and um you know somebody's been using a yahoo email address and for whatever reason they decide to change to a gmail address okay mm-hmm. those old emails sometimes will get repurposed and there uses what are known as spam traps. Uh, so they still receive emails, but nobody's there. Right. <laughs> you know, lights on, but nobody's home, right? So it's filling up this inbox. And if you constantly send emails to that address, that's a spam trap that can get you in a world of hurt with Google, Microsoft, and Yahoo and other email mailbox providers because they're looking, how are you maintaining your list? Mm. Do you have a real relationship with the people that you're sending messages to? Yep. If you're sending a bunch of emails to spam traps, you obviously don't have that relationship with that person. So keeping your list clean is, is really, really important as well.
0: Yes. No, that's huge. And uh, you know, it, it, that goes back to the engagement, right? Because if they're not engaging with you, there's a good probability, either one, they're not opening your emails, it's, you know, or two, maybe they've switched inboxes like you just mentioned, right? Yeah. That's an indicator.
1: Yep. For sure. One, one final thing I think that I'd really like to cover. I mean, there's so much in the book. I mean, the, like we could talk for for hours on this. One other thing that I really want to just kind of touch upon, and I go deep in on this, and this is a point of controversy. I dare say most of your listeners will probably disagree with me on this. Really? Right. Okay. Yes. And I'm okay with that. <laughs> Ditch the email newsletter.
0: Ah, Stop yeah.
1: email newsletters.
0: I when love that. Tell that, me why.
1: When was the last time somebody woke up and said, hmm, I can't wait to get an email newsletter in my inbox today so I can spend 15 minutes clicking seven different links, reading all the articles.
0: I I don't, you know, I agree with you. You know, companies out there, they still sell that service to this day.
1: They do. Studies have shown that text-only emails perform better than beautifully designed emails. Yes. The problem that a lot of small business owners have is that they want everything to look beautiful. They want their emails to look like the flyer that they designed and the postcard that they designed and the landing page that they designed. It doesn't work that way. Emails that have a lot of imagery, a lot of different colors, a lot of different links, and it looks like an email newsletter and it's you know all kinds of stuff, Those typically perform worse than a regular email that looks like it's coming from somebody personally, right? And, And all you have to do is like, when you go to your mailbox, okay, let's take a journey. Let's go to your mailbox and you open it up and you pull out the day's mail. What pieces of mail do you set to the side and which ones do you keep in your hand? The big oversized colored ones, the big oversized, the ones that look like promos. Oh, I can get to that later because that's not an important message, but this white envelope that I'm not sure who it's from. And that's all it's got is the return address, my name and address and a stamp on it. Hmm. I wonder what's inside of this. I'm going to open this up. It's the same with your emails. You know, if, If you have a compelling subject line and then that email, when they open it or they see it in their preview pane, looks like a regular email that somebody just typed out of their Outlook or their Gmail, that's going to get more attention than the one that looks like a full-blown email newsletter or some marketing piece because they think, oh, I can get to that later. And of course, with email, later never comes. Right. And
0: I totally agree. And I'm, you know, you know me. I'm a design, adi- I'm a designer. Like yep. I like making, you know, making things look pretty. But you know, I've never, ever, ever sent an email to a friend with my logo at the top.
1: Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. And that violates the whole premise anyway, is like it should always be about your customer, always about the exactly. recipient. And if your logo's at the top, who's it about? It's about exactly. you. Right. What mm-hmm. needs to look beautiful? Because again, remember what we talked about earlier is that we want people to click on things in our email, send them to your website, make that website as beautiful as you can make it. That's where you want the beauty to really be. That's where you want that wow factor. When they land on that landing page, when they go to the blog post on your website, they need to know like, oh, they're they're top notch. You know, they've got yeah. this beautiful website and it's appealing and it's attractive, but the email Its only purpose is to get them there, not to wow them in the email with the the design.
0: Yes. And this is very applicable to our market. You know, we work with coaches, consultants, online educators, um, those folks, you know, uh, simplicity is best. And it's really, like you said, it's all about building a relationship. And it's more about the conversation than it is about the graphics you're putting in that email.
1: Exactly. Yeah. If you're
0: having good conversations, sharing good quality content, uh, you're going to you're going to
1: see results. Yeah, absolutely. And so I I go into that a lot deeper in the book about, you know, the whole copy idea for your emails, the whole design and the layout of your emails. Um, So I'd really encourage you to read it because I know like, you know, people are saying right now, like, wait a minute, like, no, I have to have beautiful emails. You don't. And the studies studies show that.
0: And I would even hey, I this I love saying this. Prove us wrong. Do yep. this. Send two, send two emails, one with a bunch of graphics, mm-hmm. one without, same message, same subject line, split your list in half and see what mm-hmm. kind of results you get. That's that's the testament, right? Is the numbers. Yep.
1: And so. and I love that you brought that up because everything in the book, so there are four core chapters in the book. Three of those are rules. Like, Mm -hmm. you need to abide by this.
0: Yep, I remember that. Otherwise,
1: you're going to get slapped. But the chapter where we talk about the copy of your emails, the layout, and the design, those are recommendations, Mm All right? So testing is really, really important. And, And it goes back to not just email marketing, but all marketing is testing. What works for your audience? What works for your list, okay? I can't go to a winery for example, and say, use text-only emails. (laughs) I mean, they need to show the bottle of wine
0: in the the
1: email, right? Or, um, you know, or maybe that they've got an event coming up where they're reaching out to, um, you know, future spouses and, you know, they're showing their event venue. You know, you can't just do that justice in a text-only email. So, yeah, you probably need some images there. It depends on the purpose of your email and it depends on your audience. And so, you know, there are certain things that you want to make sure that you keep in mind if you do include images. I cover that in the book. But, um, you know, again, it just kind of depends. And it's all down to testing what actually gets you the results that you're looking for.
0: Yes. You know, and so, Scott, when you sent your book over to me, right, I was thinking, oh, my gosh, we're opening up this can of worms. Wait. (laughs) <laughs> email marketing email deliverability it's it's a big conversation or at least yeah. it it seems to be right yeah and um after I I, I literally sat down for, I I think it took me maybe an hour to read the entire book which yeah. I appreciate because you don't you don't make it super complicated you you really um it was very straightforward it was very easy to understand. So guys, you know, I wish we could take way more time to dive deeper into this conversation, but we're out of time. Um, If Here's what I would recommend that you do. Go and get his book. I mean, what are you charging for the book? It's seven bucks.
1: Yeah, seven bucks.
0: (laughs) That's $7 you'll ever invest in your business. Honestly, if you're doing email marketing which you should be if you're not. But I think most most folks that are listening in are doing email marketing in your business. It's well worth the $7 investment. Take an hour, read the book and apply everything that he talks about. And if you do need more help, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna link to, uh, to your book below mm-hmm. this video. And then also in it or in the show notes, depending on how you're consuming this, um, and then also uh, a link to to Scott's website. So that way you have an opportunity if you need ex- you know extended help beyond what he provides you in the book. Um, he you offer a service right to help. With
1: that. Absolutely. So kind of like the next thing after you read the book, the very next step that everybody needs to take is to have their email marketing audited. And, you, um, you know, that way you can like find out exactly where you're at. What is your email health score? You know, is it good? Is it bad? You know, all of that type of stuff. That's really the the next step. And just kind of in addition. So not only, um, you know, when you go to get the book and it is, it's really short. And I intentionally made it short, right? Um, yeah. Because like actionable is more important than reading a tome and having all this head knowledge, but then you do nothing with it. And that's why if you take action on what you read in this book, that's where you're going to have that unfair advantage. Because I reached out to 200 business owners in 2022, pointing out exactly, you have these problems that I can easily identify without doing a full audit. You have these problems getting emails to the inbox and they took no action, not a Mm -hmm. single one of them. So if you read this and you do something with it, you are going to have that unfair advantage. But in addition to getting the book, Two other things that I'm offering as part of that is, one, everybody will get my marketing messaging checklist. So what's going to help you write your emails, right? And it gives you the the checklist that you can use there. And then I'm also going to give you something that I came up with uh, not too long ago, 143 attention-grabbing subject lines. Nice. So we all know that the thing is, is like, you got to get your email opened, right? Well, how? what's the subject line that I can use that's actually going to have somebody click on that to open it? Well, I'm going to give you 143 subject lines that I've seen that have converted really well. And so that kind of gives you the best of all three worlds. You get the subject lines, you know how to craft a, an email message, and now you know everything else that you need to do to actually get it delivered.
0: That's awesome.
1: For seven okay. bucks.
0: Seven bucks. Like, yeah, no brainer. I think a pack of gum costs seven dollars. Right. <laughs> you know. So well, thank you, Scott, so much for jumping on this call with me today. I hope, you know, all the listeners listening in at least took a few notes that they can go and apply. And like I said, take advantage of this seven dollar offer. It's well worth it. And um, you know, you're a wealth of knowledge and experience. So, but you've you've done such a good job in putting that all in a clear and concise manner in your book. I love it. So,
1: thank you. I appreciate, appreciate you. Thank you.
0: All right. See you guys later.